This morning, uh, if you turn your Bibles, over to the book of Genesis chapter 41. I'm going to speak about a familiar person in the Word of God that uh, we all have heard of before, either through Sunday school or through the Broadway plays or different movies that have been made about his life. His name is Joseph. Joseph, we understand uh, from God's Word, uh, was uh, the favorite son out of many brothers of his father. He was uh, daddy's boy. And we know that uh, he had dreams, he had visions, and God spoke to him concerning uh, his future and how the dream that he had was that his older brothers were going to bow down and serve him. And so he shared that dream with his brothers, not a good idea, but he shared his dream with his brothers, which got him in trouble because they became jealous to the point where he was out uh, with them one day, went to go meet them, and they beat him up, threw him into a pit, sold him into slavery, all at the age of 17 years old. And so for the next 13 years, he went from living the dream, as it were, to being a slave, thrown in prison, and then becoming second in command in all of G Egypt, the second highest person of authority and prominence in all of Egypt. How did that happen? How did he go from being 17 years old to, four, uh, to, to now, uh, at the age of 40, becoming a prominent, wealthy individual in Egypt. He's the prime minister. We're going to take a look at how God prepared him and the steps that took place in his life. And again, as I said, we have heard stories of Joseph and we've heard messages on the life of Joseph. But this morning, what I'd like to do is to bring it from a point of, of, of what we're going through now in our society and how we're having to deal with issues uh, uh, that we're having to face on an everyday life basis. Joseph has been blessed. God has blessed him spiritually. He's best blessed him materially. You know, when you serve God faithfully and you make God number one in your life and you have that relationship with him that uh, you, you, you deem to be special and the most important thing in your life, God promises to get involved and to see us through every aspect of our life's experiences, whether uh, good or the difficult times that we go through. And, and here is Joseph, and he's gone through some difficult times, and now he is a blessed man. He is a prosperous man. He has been entrusted with the wealth uh, of Egypt that uh, supersedes many countries uh, in today's economy. That's how much uh, Joseph was given power over. He has prominence, respect, from all around the world. He has everything that anyone would desire, but yet his true dream has not yet come to pass. The main thing that Joseph desired for all of these years uh, that he went through his life's journey up until this point was to be reunited with his brothers and his father because his father thought he was dead. And we'll get into that a little later. 
You see, because Joseph's desire was to be reunited with his family, for you and I this morning, we can take from that that the most important thing in life that you and I could ever pray for is family. How many can say amen? That if you have your family together with you, you're a blessed person. How many can say amen to that this morning? Because you can have the best car, the best house, uh, you can have the best job, etc., and so on. Uh, but uh, when you have your family together, that's the greatest blessing uh, that any of us could ever hope to have, is to have our family together. Why? Because Satan loves to separate families. He loves to destroy families by any means. And you see, this morning, through all that Joseph went through, God had his hand on his life every single step of the way. Even when Joseph stopped living the dream, Joseph remained faithful to God. Why? Because God always comes through for you and for me, no matter how long it takes. No matter how many ups and downs we have to go through in our life, Joseph understood that God had always been faithful to him uh, and his father and uh, his uncles, uh, especially through the famines and the difficulties of life. And for you and I, it is no difference. That God will always be there for us. So this morning, what I'd like to do is uh, let's take a look at our life through the life of Joseph and begin to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, uh, are we willing to be faithful no matter how long it takes uh, for God to come through? Maybe that dream that God gave to you has uh, not come to pass yet. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Hold fast uh, to what God's Word says for your life. Don't let the enemy destroy your destiny or your vision simply because time has passed on. The Bible says and tells you and I that the steps uh, of a righteous man are ordered uh, of God. And so this morning, if you and I will remain faithful to God, no matter what life throws to us, when we're no longer living the dream that we had uh, at a younger age, God says he'll be right there with you. In uh, the book of Genesis, if you would turn your Bibles over to chapter number 41, and starting with verse number 1, I want you to follow along with me. It says, two full years later, after uh, uh, Joseph was, was uh, there in, 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 in prison, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin to graze in the marsh grass. And then he saw seven more cows come up behind from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the healthy, fat cows. Wow. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. Sounds like a nightmare to me. Sounds like he had too much pizza there. Then it goes on in verse 5, But he fell asleep again in a second dream. But this time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these 
thin heads swollen up to seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. And uh, I'm going to stop there because uh, I'll give you a quick synopsis that Pharaoh calls in the cupbearer who was in jail with Joseph. And uh, the cupbearer who tastes the wine, the wine taster, so that Pharaoh doesn't get poisoned, this guy, is, that's his job, he remembers that he was with Joseph in prison and uh, Joseph interpreted dreams for him and another guy, the, the baker. Baker didn't make it. He got his, he got pierced all the way through with a spear and came up through his head. It's kind of nasty stuff when you read Old Testament in the, in the Word of God. But uh, the, the wine taster made it and he told Pharaoh, hey, I remember a guy when I was in jail, a young man, Hebrew guy, that uh, he, uh, we gave him some dreams to interpret. He interpreted them and they came to pass just like he said. So maybe you better, you better call this guy. Long story short, this is exactly what Joseph did. He came and interpreted the dreams uh, for Pharaoh. And he told Pharaoh, this is what your dreams mean. For seven years, the Nile is going to cause Egypt to prosper beyond uh, your wildest dreams. Prosperity like you've never experienced. Uh, then there's going to be another seven years of famine uh, that are going to come. And so it happened. That famine came, and so Joseph, uh, as Pharaoh interpreted these dreams, he put, he said, yes, I'm going to use you, and he placed uh, Joseph in that high position. And now we're going to get to the point uh, that I want to speak to you about this morning. As uh, those dreams that Pharaoh had come to pass, the prosperous dreams, they began to store the grain, they began to prepare due to, the, to what Joseph ha, had spoken to Pharaoh to do, to store them in storehouses and, 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 and to save and uh, so that they would be ready for the years of famine. And so in the years of famine, there were no more crops to be harvested. The land dried up, became desolate. There was a desert. It became a death valley. What happened? Their supply chain uh, was cut off. We've heard that term a lot these past few years, haven't we? The supply chain has been cut off. There's no more toilet paper. There is uh, no more of this and no more of that. Why? Because of the supply chain. And people panicked. And it's just like what was happening uh, during Joseph's time. Uh, the Nile was their supply chain. They were in severe famine, and it was devastating. The Nile was critical to the prosperity of Egypt. Why? Because the Nile brought life and wealth during the rainy seasons. The river, the Nile River would overflow and would flood, and when it mixed uh, with the topsoil there on the land, it would spread to other parts uh, and become as fertilizer, and it would cause prosperity, it would cause growth uh, and a harvest, and because of that, wealth would be in Egypt's life, and it would multiply, and they were prosperous. It was their supply chain of wealth. And because it was a supply chain of wealth, the Egyptians uh, humanized the river. They worshipped it as a god, and uh, they did festivals uh, to that river because it was uh, their supply chain. But when it dried up, the people panicked. 
Some here this morning are in a panic mode in your life because maybe your supply chain has dried up just like uh, that supply chain in Egypt. And in Genesis chapter 41 in verse 5, the Bible tells us uh, that in, in verse, uh, chapter 41 in verse 55, when all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you to do. You see, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all the granaries and, and all of uh, the stockpiles of wheat and grain and, and supplies. And so when the people panicked, they went to Pharaoh and said, Now what are we going to do? We are starving. We are hungry. We have nothing. Uh, and Pharaoh told the people to go see Joseph. And as I said, there are going to be those times in your life when your supply chain dries up. Those things that you've depended upon in the past, that you've built your life upon, the people which you trusted, that you depended on, maybe they have dried up in your life just as the Nile failed uh, Egypt. So the question is, what is your famine this morning? Could it be your job, your position, your career? a business that maybe has not yet come to pass, your money, your finances. Maybe you feel abandoned by those that you, once, that you loved and you feel uh, left alone and you feel drained uh, and you feel empty and you feel like your life is in a, in, in, in a large famine. Let me tell you this morning, when everything dries up, when everything around you fails, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to do what Pharaoh told the Egyptians to do. You go to the type of Jesus, uh, which is to, to Jesus, uh, f uh, to Joseph, who was a type of Jesus. You go there and you cry out to Jesus and say, God, I have a need in my life. I feel empty. I feel dry. I feel depleted. And I need your help. And uh, this morning, I can guarantee you that when everything else fails you, God will be there to see you through in your life, no matter how difficult it might seem. Jesus, he is our true supply chain. Jehovah Jireh, as God's word says, uh, he is our provider. When the world falls around you falls apart, friends fall apart, finances fall apart, the supply chain in this world is falling apart, why don't you put your faith in Jesus Christ? He will get a, make a way for, for things to work out in your life. In Acts chapter 4 and in verse 12, maybe the, the Word of God says this, There is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Maybe you've tried everything in, in your life uh, according to your own wisdom and according to your own knowledge to make ends meet, to make things work out, to, to, to try to get through the crises in your life, the difficulties in your marriage, uh, in your family, your finances. 
Let me tell you something this morning. Those things, uh, I want to tell you, sooner or later, as you know, will dry up and not meet your need. What you need to do if you're here and not serving Jesus, come to Jesus. Uh, ask him to forgive you of your sins. Uh, accept him as your Lord and Savior. Acknowledge him as the Son of God, and he will come into your life. Bring healing in your, your body, healing in your family, healing in your marriage. Uh, why? Because uh, God's Word says he will do that. For 46 plus years, my wife and I have put our faith in Jesus Christ through the good times, the difficult times. But I want to stand here today and tell you, God is always faithful. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. What you need to do is let Jesus be your Nile River as it was uh, during those seven years uh, of prosperity. He will overflow and flood the banks of your life uh, and cause you to be fertile and prosperous uh, and uh, fruitful. In Malachi chapter 3 and in verse 11, it says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you will be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Hosts. You see, when you trust in Jesus, when you put your faith uh, in Jesus, uh, in God, like Joseph did, in spite uh, of what he was going through, the mess that he found himself in, uh, I want to tell you, when life seems to suck, I want to tell you, don't turn to the world, turn to Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, he'll bless you. And it says here in the Word of God that people will see, man, God is blessing their life. God is meeting their need. Maybe I need to find out what they know. Or better off, who they know. Amen. Name above all names, Jesus Christ. Whatever it is that you're searching for, go to Jesus like Pharaoh told Egypt and do what he says to do. And uh, Egypt did that very same thing. They went to Joseph, and Joseph gave them instruction as to what they should be doing uh, with what he gave them. He gave them a plan. How many know that God is a planner? God is a planner. My wife always tells me she is a planner. I always tell her I am a planner, and she laughs. Because that's not one of my strongest gifts. I have to stand here and admit it to you this morning. Thank God for my wife of 53 years. She has helped me plan. <laughs> She's got me through some stuff when I made plans that, yeah, yeah you know what? Pretty much, and, in, in, you know, she didn't say it, but hey, dummy, that, that's not, you know, let's not go there. <laughs> Go to, go to Joseph, and whatever he tells you to do, go ahead and do that. And this morning, what we need to do is, when we find ourselves in 
trouble, in a famine, when our supply chain, whatever you call that is in your life, dries up, run to Jesus. Don't walk, but run to Jesus. Fall on your face and cry out and say, God, what do I need to do? What, what is it that you have for me? What, what do I need to, to, to get away from? And God, what do I need to draw closer to? And I guarantee you, God will speak to you as Joseph spoke to these Egyptians. I'm going to look with you at God's timing. Because God's timing is always perfect. I always think about Sister Betty, uh, uh, Sister Lawan, and, and uh, Yoveta's mom. You know, he is an on-time God. She used to sing that song, love that song. He is an on-time God because God is never late. He is always on time. Beyond our timing, beyond anything we could ever try to structure and implement, uh, God is the ultimate uh, planner and uh, timing machine. You see, it took Joseph 13 years to realize his dream. Think about it. 13 years after he was uh, sold into slavery by his brothers. For him to come into a place of prominence and prosperity and authority and uh, in the will of God, by the way, through, all that, through everything he went through. See, the devil lies to us and tells us that when you're in trouble or your life is a mess, that you must be out of the will of God. But how many know that's a lie? That's a lie. I know sometimes, I know sometimes we get our own self in trouble. We're our own worst enemy sometimes. Somebody can say amen to that. Come on, let's be honest. We're in church. And so we can be our own worst enemies and get ourselves out of the will of God. I know that. But for the most part, even when we are in trouble, God is there with us. And uh, he is working something out in our life during that time. And that's what happened with Joseph's life through those 13 years. And so you and I need to understand, no matter how long it takes, how, how, how difficult, how dark theme, things might seem, that God is still there and working. And that we need to continue to move in a forward direction, press forward for God. In Galatians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writes to that church of Galatia, and in verse 9, he says, Let's not grow weary while doing good, because in due season we shall reap if we do not lose hearts. Stop. Don't stop doing good things for God. Don't stop serving people and God. Don't, don't stop being a, a child of God because uh, I know sometimes it, you can get tired. You know, my wife uh, and I, we get up and we go, here we go. You know, and, and we look at each other and we kind of have that tired look on our face. You know, and, and it's like, uh, do we really want to do this? I mean, I mean you know, it, I was, I, I, yes. Bottom line, yes. And so no matter what, how we feel, what is going on around us, in us, and through us, uh, 
We don't want to stop because we understand that the reaping process is around the corner. The, the blessing is around the corner. I don't want to miss out on what God has for my life, for this ministry and fellowship, but I want to keep pressing forward. So don't stop doing good. Whatever you're doing for God, keep doing it. Remain faithful to God and remain in the will of God because that's what Joseph ended up telling his brothers when they found out it was him when, when they came before him. And we're going to see that. That he spoke about, I am where God wants me to be, to be. I am in the will of God when they thought their brother was dead. And so you can have God direct your life as you strive to remain faithful to him and stay in his will. Uh, one quote from uh, a man named Pete Wilson said these words, Don't abandon your God-given values in pursuit of your God-given dreams. You see, sometimes we allow our dreams to overtake uh, the will of God and what God wants in our lives. We, we manufacture and uh, what we've been dreaming about and maybe what God has spoken to us about, if we begin to grow tired of waiting and we lose sight of what God is, is trying to accomplish in our lives, we can unfortunately step out of God's will and uh, begin to surrender and uh, give in and abandon those values and principles of God's word in our lives so that we can have the maybe temporary success of life, have the temporary pleasures of life. There are things maybe you don't understand, and there are things that maybe you, you can't comprehend that are going on in your life, and I'm sure Joseph was in many times uh, in places like that when he was thrown into the pit. To, but, but God, you gave me that dream. These guys that beat me up, they were going to bow to me. It doesn't seem like they're bowing to me right now. And thrown into slavery and in prison, etc., and so on. But yet through those 13 years, he understood God was still in control. And he knew when he was going to bring Joseph's dream to pass, just like he does for you and I here this morning. What are the dreams that, that God has given to you? What are the promises that God has spoken to you in your times of, 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 of prayer and times of, of fasting and seeking God? Don't allow the lie of the enemy to cause you to step out of the will of God. Young adult, if you're here, I want to tell you, if you desire to be married, God has someone for you to be married to. Don't step out of the will of God. Don't rush into something uh, that isn't God, but wait on the Lord and let God bring you that perfect man or woman uh, that he's prepared for you. No matter how long it takes, let God have his way in your life. You've been searching for a job. You've been looking for that right job and hasn't come to pass. Keep looking. Keep pressing in. Don't stop trusting and believing God. Uh, don't quit uh, coming to church and, 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 and being faithful to God. God has that perfect job for you. I want to tell you that this morning. 
Maybe you've been praying for a healing, a miracle. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. Uh, stand in faith uh, and believe God in your time. Uh, I know it's going to happen. Uh, not in some time, uh, but God in your time. Your perfect time. God says he will open up the windows and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to contain. Uh, he will flood your life uh, with blessings, with fruitfulness, uh, with the miracles that his word says he has for your life. And if he did it for Joseph, he'll do it for you. Because God says he is no respecter of persons. We are all together, the, the family of God, the people of God. And because Joseph did it, uh, God did it for Joseph's life. I want to tell you something. Uh, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't say maybe, but say, I believe when God does this work in my life, when God gives me that job, when God heals my marriage, uh, when God brings my kids, uh, when God brings my finances, not if, uh, but when God is going to do it. He is uh, going to do it. Psalms 126 and verse 5, it says, They that sow in tears uh, shall reap in joy. Uh, yes, uh, there is going to be joy. I want to tell you the blessings and the promises of God. He'll heal and provide, uh, but take God at his word. In Matthew 17 and in verse 20, Jesus said, I tell you, the truth. How many know God does not lie? God does not lie, and he says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. The promises of God, the faith that God wants us to have, that small bit of faith that each and every one of us has when we are born again by the Spirit of God, that faith will increase. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And as you fill your life with God's Word, as you fill your heart with the Word of God, your mind with the Word of God, what's going to happen? Your faith is going to multiply. Your confidence in God is going to increase. And every trial you'll look at will become a potential for the blessing of God to be realized. Every hardship you face will just be another thing that God is doing in your life to bring blessing. I want our worship team to make their way up this morning as I talk about the dream fulfilled. As we've heard the past couple of weeks, there's a process that needs to take place. And don't fight with the process. Because there are things that God has set in order in our lives as individuals. There are things that God has set in order in our church as a congregation that need to take place, whether we like it or not, in order for us to reach our destinies and for our dreams to be fulfilled, just like in Joseph's life. And so here 
we know that Joseph is in this place now of prominence, and his brothers, not knowing who Joseph is, they heard about the prosperity in Egypt and how they had plenty even during the famine. And so their father sent Joseph's brothers to Egypt to go find out what's going on and maybe they can receive some food and help. And so now we find them in Joseph's palace and his place of residence. The guards bring Joseph's brothers and Joseph is in the wings, in the shadows. And his brothers come in and they're waiting. And now here comes Joseph's dream to pass. And in Genesis chapter 42 and in verse 6, it says, And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. But yet they did not realize that it was Joseph they were bowing down to. Joseph had this dream when he was 17 years old, and now he's 40. And it's coming to pass. At one time, they were laughing and mocking him, beating him, and selling him off into slavery. And now they are humbly bowing down before him. The key word is humbly, humility. You see, it took Joseph's brothers They had to come to a place of humility before they could begin to receive healing and blessing and fruitfulness upon their life that was going to come. For some here this morning, maybe that's what it's going to take for a humbling, a humility to come into your life, to, to say, God, I, I've been trying to do it myself. I've been trying to meet my own needs, but I'm tired of doing it. I've been depending on my own strength, my own wisdom, my own understanding. And God, I need to surrender now. Because God's word says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not ours. They're higher than ours. And maybe that's what it's going to take for some here today to say, I'm, I, I, I quit. I'm, stop. I'm not going to run anymore. But I'm going to surrender and humble myself. That's what God desires because humility is a path to restoration, provision, and healing. James chapter 4 and verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And then it says in Romans 14, 11, that every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. And Joseph speaks to them. And he says, don't be afraid. Look at me, rise up. And he speaks to them, and this is 
what he says in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19. Don't be afraid because I am in God's place. What is God's place? It's the will of God. I'm in the place God wants me to be. So the question this morning, are you in God's place? Yes, we are in God's house. But are you in God's place? Are you in the will of God? Then he said to, the, to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. You see, Joseph waited 13 years for this event to happen. As we bow our heads